healing hands, your instruments of peace. May our single purpose be to imitate your life through our simple words and deeds. Let love be multiplied. Multiply your love. Multiply your love through us to someone in need. Help us, Lord, to freely give this grace that we've received. Let our single purpose be imitate your life through our simple words and deeds let love be multiplied let us see let us see your kingdom come to the poor and broken ones let us see a mighty of justice and mercy, oh Jesus, let love be multiplied, let love be multiplied, multiply your church, multiply your church through us, to the ends of the earth. Where there's only barrenness, let us see new birth. Use us as your laborers, working side by side. Let us see your harvest come, let love be multiplied. Let us see, let us see your kingdom come to the poor and broken ones. Let us see a mighty flood of justice and mercy, oh Jesus, and love be multiplied. Thank you, Pembina Valley Bible Camp, for uh, leading us in singing this morning. Uh, we're glad you're here, and we're excited to worship together with you.
for those of you who uh, don't know who we have here, it's, uh, why don't you raise your hands as I mention them. Some of the hands are going to come up down there, but there uh, with us is Terry Friesen, uh, James Shields with his son Barrett, and also Logan Hildebrandt, Maya Loesch, Jessica Siemens, and Adrian Penner. And they have uh, come to bring us this morning's service, and we are thankful. So welcome also to all of you. Uh, how do you like the new seating arrangement? Are we okay with it? We're a little closer together. Do you feel it? <laughs> Feels more like a family. Um, I want to open with a, a few words of scripture this morning from Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes up before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are the most high. Over all the earth, you are exalted far above all gods. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. Would you bow with me to pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have made yourself known as the only God, the most high God. We thank you also, Father, that you have made yourself known to us as the one to be worshiped. And we have gathered here this morning, Father, to worship you together as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, to worship you, to exalt your name, to learn from you, to be directed by you, to be scrutinized by you, so that our lives may become more and more like that of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this time of worship together. Would you help us to put away all our distractions and to gaze, fix our gaze on Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Key change, here we go. Arises, we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength arises, we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverer. 
Excellent. Hey, we'll do we'll do one more song in this package. Um, but yeah, like Terry said, we are we're thrilled to be here. We love worshiping together. It's one of the amazing things about our God is that regardless of where we live or maybe what some of our home churches are or any of those things, we get to come together. We get to worship together. Um, this song is called Goodness of God. And what I love about it is that it gives us an opportunity to look back, to look back on our own lives, to look back on what scripture tells us. And it shows us how God is good over and over and over again. And because of that, and because of our understanding that and our knowledge that God doesn't change, we know that he will continue those things. And that is worth worshiping him for. Let's do that together.
of the goodness of God. Let's look at our bulletins uh, for just a moment and look at our announcements. First of all, I want to say thank you to um, Carrie Martins and uh, Wendy Weeb, who have taken over Susan's job in the office. And uh, we're just very glad that they're doing that. And uh, we also wish uh, Susan well as in her endeavors as she has moved on. Um, with, that, with that transition, uh, there's a bit of a learning curve, so there are a few corrections to make in the bulletin. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, uh, the men's prayer time there, that has taken a recess for the summer, so that's not happening. And Friday evening, uh, youth is not happening now either. Uh, we, in fact, we had a wrap-up yesterday. Uh, we were over at Myron and Barb's. And there is, oh, what, how many guys? Six, eight, six, <laughs> around there. And we were helping with a, a project that uh, Myron and Barb have committed to of, of building a, a playhouse for Habitat for Humanity. They get raffled off and, and they raise money with, uh, with those efforts. And we had a bunch of our young people out working. And boy, that was good. I think we had a really good time. We learned some new skills and we learned how not to do some things. <laughs> it was just really good. <clears throat> anyway, uh, a few announcements that are not in the bulletin. Uh, somebody uh, purchased a, a, a King James Bible with really large print, but it wasn't what they had expected. So there's a Bible to give away if somebody wants a King James with very large print. Easy reading, I'll tell you that. If you want it, come see me. Um, also, you'll notice there's a, uh, there's a, a poster on the bulletin board. Uh, there's the Raber family, uh, I think they're from Portage La Prairie, are doing a fundraising concert at the EMMC on June 10. They're raising money for uh, a house that they want to build for young women who do not want an abortion, but they are being coerced to have one. And so this is a place where young women can go and, and find safety. And uh, so interesting, uh, another interesting way of, of uh, standing in the gap for those uh, who have no voice. Also coming up uh, next Sunday, our picnic, church picnic. You've all got something to hang on your fridge as a reminder. And that's gonna start at 10.30 in Winkler Park. Bring your lawn chair. Uh, also, we need a few uh, uh, volunteers to bake cookies. Uh, details are in the bulletin. Uh, Salem Home Annual Meeting is coming up June 26 at 7.30 p.m. Life in the Church uh, Harvest Festival Worship Service, which will happen on August 13. Uh, if anybody would like to usher for that, we're willing to we're willing to have your help. So come and see me if you'd like to do that also. Bunker is having a fundraiser with a golf tournament. Um, what else have we got? And also uh, 1613 Ministry is reporting that there's a Ukrainian family of four moving from Winnipeg to Winkler and they're looking for assistance with that. Um, and then let's remember those of our members 
who are in the hospital. And of course, if, if that list, if there are seven people on that list, then there, we also know there are other people that are either on their way to the hospital or have come out of the hospital and are recovering. So let's remember our brothers and sisters who, uh, who are undergoing difficulty in those ways. The ushers, uh, if you're ready, I think we're ready to have you up here. And why don't we stand to pray? <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, you are so good to us. Every good thing that we know in our lives is from you. That is what the scripture says. It says that every good gift is from our Father in heaven above. And so we thank and praise you, Father, for your great and bountiful blessings to us. And we want to give back of the great bounty which you have given to us, and we want to return some of that to you. And I pray that you would make us cheerful givers, willing and eager to be part of this ministry. Father, we also uh, bring some of our requests before you. First of all, we thank you for Pembina Valley Bible Camp. We thank you for the great work that that camp is doing in bringing young lives to the cross, to Jesus, to, uh, to have relationship with him and to be saved and to have a productive and uh, godly life. I thank you for, the, for the, the relationships that are built at that camp. And I pray, Father, that you would bless those relationships and help them to continue that the ministry there can thrive and also that many can come to know you. Father, we also thank you for those in our uh, membership who are or in, our, in our church who are listed in the bulletin as being in the hospital, uh, Abe Friesen, Caroline Hamm, David Wiebe, Don Klippenstein, Mary Duick, John Suderman, and Rita Friesen at Red River Valley Lodge. <clears throat> Father, you know their struggles. You know where their heart is at, where their minds are at. And I pray, Father, that you administer to them, that they would sense your presence this day and that they would be encouraged by the word of God and by your spirit. Pray also, Father, that you would help them to remain steadfast in faith and that even in their struggles that they would grow in faith and grow closer to you and, uh, and, and cling tightly to you. And Father, I pray that you would also grant much grace to them for whatever road is ahead for them. For some it is healing, for some it will be uh, going home to see you. And so, Father, we ask for your grace in all of this. We also thank you, Father, for uh, great men, many who serve in our community in ministering to neighbors and so on. And we see <clears throat> that there's a Ukrainian family moving to town. And uh, Father, we pray that those who are able and, and are connected would, would serve that family well and that they would feel welcomed here. We know that a number of uh, Ukrainian families have moved here because of the war in Ukraine. And I pray that you would help us, uh, make us willing servants and uh, faithful servants as we see to the needs of those uh, who have need. And now, Father, again, we ask for your blessing on what we're about to give and that you would use it for the building of your kingdom, for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. During the offering here, I'd like to share a song with you guys. Um, talks about God's call in our life and how in his grace he's called us to him. 
um, but that he's just never done with us and that he continues to call us to higher and to deeper. If you want to follow along in your bulletins, is called Called Me Higher. I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. I could hold on, I could hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside. And I could be safe, I could be safe here in your arms and never leave home, never let these walls down. But you have called me higher, you have called me deeper and I'll go away. You have called me higher, you have called me deeper, and I'll go where you will lead me, Lord, will you lead me? I can hold on. I could hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside. And I could be safe, I could be safe here in your arms and never leave home, never let these walls down. You have called me higher, you have called me deeper, and I'll go where you will lead me, Lord. You have called me higher, you have called me deeper, and I'll go where you will lead me, Lord, where you lead me. So let your mercy 
doing some music here this morning we also have the opportunity to share um so we're gonna invite jessica a familiar face for most of you if not all of you already um to share a little bit about what the lord has done in her life all right so in case you don't know who i am i am jessica siemens as james said i'm the daughter of edwin and debbie siemens i work at pembina valley bible camp full-time as the administrator most of my job involves being in the office, doing bookkeeping, taking in camper registrations, and answering the phone. My journey of camp ministry started back in the winter of 2019, although I only started working at camp in 2020. In 2019, Riley Fair, who was previously the youth pastor here and was the camp manager at the time, sent me a text to see if I would be interested in coming to join their spring team at camp. I had never really been to camp before, and I had absolutely no interest in working at camp. I ended up saying no to working at camp that year, and I assumed that that small text conversation with Riley was the closest I would ever come to actually working at camp. But God was doing something in me that I wasn't fully aware of. For the rest of 2019, I don't think I really ever stopped thinking about camp and joining the spring team. By the time 2020 rolled around, I knew that I needed to go work at camp. God clearly was calling me there. Before I had a chance to ask Riley if I could come work at camp that year, he contacted me again, asking if I might be interested this time, to which I quickly responded with a yes. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, what my position would be, or even what the camp was all about. When I arrived at camp, I was in awe of the Christian community that was there, which quickly became my family. That spring and summer, I led the creative arts camp. In 2021, I returned again for another spring and summer season of leading creative arts. But God had more in store for me that summer than just leading creative arts. At the time, I had just finished my third year of university and was heading into my final year that fall. That summer, the administrator position became available at the camp, and God put it on my heart to pursue that position. After several conversations with close friends and a lot of prayer, it was very clear that God wanted me to stay at camp that fall instead of returning to school. He was calling me away from the comforts of being in university to something not so comfortable. Since taking that step of faith in the last couple of years, I have learned more than I could have ever imagined, made some incredible friends, and seen God work in so many ways, whether that would be in the staff and campers, 
the way he provides for our needs or in my own personal journey. Camp has definitely become a huge part of my story, and I'm excited to see how God will continue to use camp to impact people's lives. I'll leave you with Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. So my name is Terry Friesen. I'm the executive director at Pemina Valley Bible Camp. Uh, and we were just mentioning on the way in, uh, somebody had said, is it really a year since we've been in this church? We came here last year this time to do a similar kind of camp Sunday. And that seems like a very short time ago. Um, but it's partially due to the fact that so much has been going on at camp. And so I'm excited to report to you all of the things that, that have been going on. And um, uh, yeah, and the excitement to be back into congregations and to be able to share with those who, who support the camp and um, who have ties to our staff, etc. Um, for us this year, what have we been up to? I've been up to a lot. Uh, you may not, might notice that uh, Chris Harms isn't with us at this point, and so he, he had moved on um, late in summer back to his home church in the, the Plum Coulee Burkdaller, which is now Harvest Christian Fellowship, uh, as a family life pastor. And so fall of this last year, uh, I moved into the director position. And uh, with that, we uh, also welcomed James and Brandy Shields um, to the team as positions started to move and change that way. So fall was crazy, that, that is for sure, with all the transitions and things that, that go on there. Um, but it was a really great affirming and, and wonderful time to be able to see and learn for myself personally, who's all involved in this, this big Pemina Valley Bible Camp family. And it's been a real neat blessing as I've been able to visit different churches and congregations and youth groups, men's breakfasts, etc., cetera, um, just to be able to see how many people have an invested interest in what we do up there at camp. Sometimes it feels a little bit like we you know, live on our own up in the bush there and nobody really notices. And it's nice to come you know, back to civilization and realize that there's people praying for us constantly and are, are supporting what we do. So I thank you in advance for all of that. Otherwise, what have we been up to? Well, since we talked to you last, we've been up to a lot of snow blowing. I can tell you that. Um, we are open all year round. And so we do take care of the, the property. We slim our, our staff down to a, a smaller group, but we're still open all year round. Um, and what we do primarily in the winter is host retreats. And so we are set up quite well for, for church retreats, whether that be youth groups or men's groups, women's groups. Um, it's been a real blessing, truthfully, to me. I, know, I knew that I loved summer camp and I love being there in the summer, seeing all the kids come and having all the fun. And I've been pleasantly surprised how much I've really valued the winter season because we have this amazing property and all of this, all these facilities, and we just get to open it up and share it with other people who are working and, and, and growing and living their Christian lives out together. And yeah, what a blessing it is to be able to just do that for people, to be able to host them that way. So it's been really neat to be able to see uh, the variety of groups that have come up and the blessing that it has been mutually um, encouragement to us and also a support of what they're doing. We also run in, in spring a bunch of banquets. Um, and so we had a, a Valentine's banquet in February up at camp. And wouldn't you know it, it was snowed out. So we did it the very next day and had a, a great turnout. It was awesome um, to be able to see people come up to the valley and just enjoy what we have. It's also a very beautiful place in winter. Sometimes the roads can be challenging, but the, the snow in the valley is amazing. 
Um, then we also had uh, a Morden banquet and one in Winkler here. Um, the Morden one was a beautiful sunny spring day and it was uh, a lovely spring is finally here type of day. And then exactly one week later, we had it right here in, in the Berkshire Church, and it was a crazy snowstorm. I don't know if you recall that day, um, but the event was, was great, and we, we got everybody home safe, but there were definitely some concerns about what the weather looked like. Um, and just, yeah, on, the, on behalf of the, the camp, man, what a blessing. Thank you so much for opening your church to us and be able to host our banquet here. Uh, it's an amazing facility for something like that, and we had a, a wonderful night. We got to share about what camp is doing all through the past. Um, our history, or sorry, our theme was the history of the camp, and so we went back to um, the, the start of Pemina Valley and what it stood for and what it still stands for. And it was a very encouraging night to hear stories from uh, the different generations who have been through the camp. And now we're into to spring preparations. Uh, it's a big facility. It's in the, in the middle of the valley. If you're not familiar with the place, uh, we have 240 acres of valley land in the Pemina Valley. Uh, it's a beautiful place and uh, we, we enjoy it thoroughly. It also represents a solid amount of work to, to get it ready for summer and all the kids that are coming. Um, to help us with that, we have our spring team. So uh, many college-age students have come now in spring uh, to help us out. A couple of those are, are with us right now. And so our spring team is now preparing camps, preparing camp um, for the summer season. But at the same time, uh, we're in full hosting mode at this point. Um, weekend rentals continue, but now is when school groups come. And so we see many school groups. We actually have three planned for this week uh, to visit the camp, try out different activities, ride some horses, the climbing wall, etc. And so it's a good way to introduce them to the camp and uh, an awesome way to share. And I think prayers-wise, I would say continue to pray for those groups because we get uh, many groups from, from school systems. And the school system not, doesn't necessarily align with what we um, stand for as a camp in faith. And yet they get to come and they get to see and they get to experience, they get to interact with our staff. And so it's a very... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice open door to young lives um, who often, want to, often say, well, I want to come back. And now we have an opportunity to actually t preach the gospel to them. And so we value this time of year and all of those relationships that it builds with, with different classes and schools and students. Coming up soon um, at camp, we have uh, our family camp in a couple weeks. So the third week in June, we have families coming up to camp to be able to share uh, yeah, share the weekend with us, do some of the activities. Definitely a little bit different programming for a family, um, but it's, it's, again, an awesome privilege and blessing to be able to host families as well as they minister to their kids. Um, we can walk alongside and provide opportunities and valuable time for parents to connect with parents, et cetera. And so we're looking forward to that in a couple weeks. And then we head full on into summer. Um, so July and August is a very busy time up at camp. Uh, we run we run weeks of camp uh, all the way through summer, and so that, that will be kind of our, yeah, we don't, we don't stop to breathe until after the season, and then September we'll breathe again, but it goes pretty fast and pretty furious as we fill a camp with lots of young, energetic folks and have a lot of fun. Just to recap, and maybe if it's uh, a reminder or just a refresher, Feminine Valley Bible Camp is a specialty camp. Um, we primarily have our, our camps geared at the ages 13 to 17 year olds 
And because of that, we have specialty camps that are associated with one activity or another. And so instead of coming to try lots of different activities, kids will sign up for individual weeks of things like bikes or horses, um, paintball. We have a bunch of different themes to our camp and they will come to, together to be able to spend a week together with a very small cabin group. So our numbers aren't huge at Pemina Valley um, because we want to focus on the cabin group. Each cabin group consists of eight campers and two cabin leaders, and they spend the entire week together. They do their activities together, they do their Bible exploration together, um, they spend lots of time in a little small connected group for the discipleship that happens and the, 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 the vulnerability that's available when you spend that much time with a connected few. We really value the, the relationships that are built through that method um, because it allows for continued growth after the season. And many of our, our campers um, come back for what we call our Breakthrough Discipleship Program, um, where they want to, in turn, then learn how to become staff and do that with the next um, group of kids that are coming through. And so it is really great, uh, as far as leadership is concerned, to be able to watch and see how campers become staff and just that continued discipleship as it goes through. With that, uh, there are still spots available. And so if you, if you know of you know, nieces, nephews, grandkids, your own kids that uh, are looking for a, a week of camp, we do still have some spots. It's a bit interesting because we have individual weeks, again, that fill up but we run sometimes four and five different specialty camps in the same week. And so there might not be room in a, a paintball camp, but there would be room in a bike camp, that kind of idea. So um, we'll, at this time of year, we'll keep updating what's available and what's, what is, where there's spaces av available in our camp. Um, so with that, yeah, your prayers about campers and just that God would soften their hearts to open to hear um, what he has to say to them this summer would be greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, we don't take lightly the fact that we get to, to, to spend a lot of time with them and we get to focus that all around Christ, whether it be in their skills, um, in their devotions, or in our, our free times. And so, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that season. As far as needs for the season, um, we still do need as well some summer staff, whether that be cabin leaders or skill leaders. So if you know young folks who maybe need a tap on the shoulder, say, hey, like, just like Jessica, maybe you would consider coming to camp. Um, a lot of them haven't considered that, and it's amazing how God works through, through other people. If you see something uh, in a, a young person that, you know, you, you, might, be, you might be God's hand in, in, you know, prompting them towards what might be uh, an opportunity for them this summer. We also need some cooks and kitchen help, um, as well as medical officers. And so if either of those things are, are things that you're interested in, or know people who would be, by all means, let us know and, and we'll find an appropriate place for them. Uh, I think uh, that's one lesson I, I learned last year at Pemina Valley. It felt like a lot of looseness of who's coming and we don't know who's going to be here for the summer. And to watch God orchestrate who came. And it wasn't like filling spaces. It was amazing how many of those, those people who came were exactly the people that we needed. And uh, you know the blessing that it was for, for us to spend time with them throughout the summer it was just, yeah, it was great. It was amazing to watch that happen. And so I guess I'd like to leave you just with a, a quick little snippet of, of why do we actually do it. Um, summer camp is fun. It absolutely is, is a good time. It's exhausting at the same time, but it's a lot of fun. But summer camp being fun isn't why we do it. Um, we have, I would say as a staff, all have our own pieces of why we do 
why we do camp and why we feel like it's valuable. And most of those reasons have to do with what camp did for us. I would be in that boat um, of what camp did for me as a young person and what I got to see it do for young people um, yeah, of the next generations that came after me. I love the connection between churches and camp because we get to see, um, we get to see people drawn out uh, as young people and learn and grow and, and build you know, uh, a basis and a foundation for their faith in ways that stretch them at camp and then can come right back to church and you know, now pour into a Sunday school class or be a youth sponsor, et cetera. And the skills that they, they gain in that leadership combined with how God works in their heart is just such a, yeah, it's such a neat thing to be able to watch and such a blessing to be able to have a, a relationship with local churches that way. One example of this I'll just leave you with is a report. I've been telling this, I've been telling this all year. It's an old story to maybe some of our staff, but I think it sums up our summer very well. Um, one of our counselors at the end of the year, we were asking just, you know, what you, how you saw God work, et cetera, whether it was in you or in other staff. And her comment was, um, I learned a lot about willingness. And so she contrasted two events that happened to her, one very early on in the year and one later on. And they were very, very different, except they, they told the same story. The first was an outreach opportunity we had in the north end of Winnipeg. We went to Winnipeg, um, and part of our, our time there was some, some street ministry. So we went out with Bibles and water bottles, et cetera, just to hand out to people on the street. And if, if felt led, um, we were able to, to pray with some people. She felt really uncomfortable with that, about you know, what that would take to ask a stranger if, if she could pray for them. But they met one person on the street at one point and she said, if this is what God wants me to do, then I will be willing to do it. And so she offered to pray for this man on the street. And to her surprise, he actually accepted. I think she was expecting a little more of a, a harsh response, but he said, sure, you can pray for me. So they, they formed a little couple. There's, you know, we were in groups of about three or four. And so they, they formed a little circle and, and started praying for this man. And while they were doing that, um, somebody from across the street came running across the street yelling at them, saying, hey, hey. And so he interrupted their little prayer meeting, and he said, what are you doing? And so kind of nervously they said, well, we're praying for this man, expecting again a pretty harsh response. He said, I thought that's what you were doing. Can I join you? And so here now, another man from off the street had joined them to pray in this circle. And in all of a sudden, you know, in, in, in an unscripted event, all of a sudden there was a prayer meeting happening in the middle of the street in North End Winnipeg. And it was just because she was willing to ask that question. Fast forward a few weeks and she was at camp and she said, I was confronted with another situation that made me feel uncomfortable. Now in my cabin was a young lady that I knew very well. She's my neighbor few years difference in age, but very familiar with her. And she said, it feels awkward to be that vulnerable with somebody I've known all my life. What, this is almost easier for me to do that with a stranger. But again, she said, if this is what God wants me to do, then I'll be willing with, with whatever he asks. And so they went on a, a walk the one night and she just asked her how she was doing. It was her thing that she needed prayer for. And to her surprise, her neighbor opened up to her and talked about troubles and fears and anxieties that she had in her life. And they got to be able to share a common understanding of some of the things that they were going through because they knew each other. And what became a, an enriching 
prayer time together and a sharing of lives together, it dawned on her that this exactly was the same scenario. Just because she was willing, God was able to work through her. And so as we head into another summer, um, we prep our staff and ourselves in terms of what it's gonna take. It's gonna take a lot of energy. It's gonna take a lot of hard work. In some cases, it's gonna take some tough skin. But we know that when we are willing and we put ourselves out there as an open vessel to be used by God, he can orchestrate whatever he chooses. We know that we have exactly zero power to change anyone heart, anyone's heart on our own. And for that, we hand that over to Christ. And so we thank you for being a part of that. And we're excited as we head into summer that we know it, that you are behind us and that you pray for us. So thank you very much for that. As we head into our summer, uh, we, are, we are very aware of the, the fact that what we do has very limited value and impact. Uh, there's times where we, um, where we exert our energy or our time and those kinds of things, and they can just fall flat and nothing happens. And there's other times where uh, we don't even know what God's all doing, but uh, you're faithful and you, you do what he calls you to do, and all of a sudden he orchestrates something that we could never do. Um, that's something that doesn't, uh, yeah, that, that we have the opportunity to experience often in a camp setting. And uh, we're excited to be able to both witness that, but also sing about that. Uh, we're going to sing a song called Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Breath, I long to follow Jesus. With every breath. 
doxology um, or sorry it's kind of a blessing and a number of times when we've been singing it at camp the mentality that we want to have is the idea that we can actually sing this blessing over the campers that are going to come this summer because one of the great things about doing ministry with kids is that when that trajectory switch can happen when they're a small child it can change the course of the rest of their life and that includes when they grow up and they start a family and the odds of them leading their family to Christ, leading their family in Christ, greatly increases when they become followers of Jesus when they are little. Um, I think of myself, I mean, my grandparents, they, uh, they accepted Jesus a little bit later on in their life. Um, but there was a Billy, Gra Billy Graham Evangelistic Association crusade that came through Quinell, BC, back in the 50s. And they went there and they, they decided to follow Jesus. And because of that, my dad became a follower of Jesus. And because of that, I had the opportunity to learn all about Jesus. And now we get to have hundreds of kids come through and tell them all about Jesus. And it just keeps going and keeps going. So when we sing this, um, let's not simply sing it in the sense that, oh, this is a great thing, but let's sing it um, as a blessing over the campers that are going to be coming both to Pemina Valley Bible Camp and, to, and just to camps in general this summer, that it would be a generational impact that takes place. And then when we get to the course, we sing Amen. Amen is a term of agreement. And in Scripture, when they want to emphasize things, they didn't use punctuation like explanation points and those kinds of things. 
Instead, they just repeated things. That's why I will read in Revelation, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, they're not just repeating, they're emphasizing. So when we sing amen, 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 we're saying yes, we agree, this is the impact that we want to have. This is the blessing that we want to sing over those campers. Um, yeah, so this is the blessing. Let's sing it together.
Excellent. Um, man, thanks for worshiping with us. We, yeah, we're going to continue here. Again, my name is James, and uh, we're going to dive into Scripture a little bit. And I'd like to we'll turn to Acts, starting in chapter 6. We're going to talk a little bit about Stephen. Stephen has always been an interesting character in the Bible to me. Um, from the little glimpse that we see in Scripture, and, and Scripture doesn't talk about Stephen for very long. He kind of gets about two chapters. And, but what, what I see in those two chapters, I get the feeling like this is almost like a Paul kind of character. Like, he, he maybe could have had, you know, <laughs> a little bit more in Scripture. I would have loved to read more about him. But, nonetheless, we get what we get. And in Acts chapter 6, um, we're in this situation where Stephen had been preaching scripture, we find out, and that his following had been getting too large. There were some people that were feeling threatened by the following that Stephen had, specifically a group that at the time they called the free men. And they wanted to get rid of Stephen. So, starting at Acts chapter 6, at verse 8, <clears throat> at verse 8, it says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Jews of Cyrene and, and Alexandria as well, as the province, uh, provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Now remember, this isn't too long after they crucified Jesus this is going on. They had tried this trick once before and, and were able to get rid of someone, momentarily anyways. Jesus came back. That was good news. Um, verse, verse 12. So they stirred up people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say, this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. Man, I wish I could have seen what, what was it about Stephen in that moment that was actually so, so different. Was it physical, or was the, the Holy Spirit just at work that they saw that there was something different? But... One way or the other, the Holy Spirit must have been preparing these people because what happens next? Then the high priest asked Stephen, this is chapter 7, verse 1, and now verse 2. Sorry, verse 1 and 2. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? To this he replied. Now before we go on, I don't know if you've ever been around someone, many of you probably have, where they knew that their time was coming to an end. That whether it was sickness or, or just age or whatever it was, but 
they knew your time's limited here. My time's limited here. There seems to be something that happens. I've, I've only um, been in these scenarios a few times. But what they care about, what they choose to say, if we want to call it their last words, right? Maybe not necessarily the very last moment, the, the actual last sentence that they say, but, but that period of the end of the life, end of someone's life where they're choosing the things that they say and what they care about very carefully. You start to hear certain things like, like sometimes people say, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I wouldn't have done this, or I wish I had have done this, or, or they start giving advice of what it is that we should care about, spend our time, spend our energy, maybe some of the things that we shouldn't care about quite so much. Well, Stephen seemed to know that his time may be up. Not because of old age, but he recognized there's a group of people here who want to get rid of him. And in that moment, instead of saying, oh, I wish I would have done this, I wish I would have done that, Stephen fully grasps what is actually important. And he, he says, if I can say one last thing, I want these people to know and understand the love of Jesus and the plan that God has for them. And he goes off on this long speech. I'm not going to read it all right now, but man, you can read it. And he, he goes all the way back to to Genesis and the, and the Israelites and the exile and, and all these different things. He goes on, he goes on. He talks about Abraham and Joseph and um, Joseph being sold by his brothers. And, and then at the end, after he's talked about a bunch of scenarios where God's people turned their back on him, okay? He goes through a bunch of scenarios where he says, God did this for these people. You know, even in the exile, after we saw these amazing miracles, and then they, they went and they worshipped idols. Did this over and over again. And then, to sum things up, he has, he has this little stretch. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it. But this is, this is an interesting thing to me, um, because the, the message title that I've given this is Stephen, a motive of love versus outcome. Sometimes we do things because we want a certain outcome, oftentimes. Sometimes those things are even really noble, and we pick great things. And Stephen is a great example of this, where he picks something really noble. He feels like, my time might be up, so I'm gonna tell them all about Jesus, and it wouldn't have been that much of a stretch. In fact, I think if any of us were there, I don't even think we would have faulted him if his motive was to get out of this situation. These are people who, who don't fully understand the love of Jesus, which is why they actually want to kill him. So how about I'll just quickly tell them all about Jesus, and if I'm lucky enough, they're gonna say, hey, you want this guy's right change of heart, let's not kill him. I think if we were there, we probably would have been like, not a bad plan, right? Like, let's give that a shot. And yet, Stephen's motive wasn't actually his outcome. As noble as it was, his motive was actually 
the love of the Father. It wasn't selfish in any way. He wasn't even looking out for his own life, although he knew his time was likely up. His motive wasn't to look out for his own life. His motive was, I want these people to know the Father. So after going on this, on this big speech, he ends with something that I summarize as saying this. Can't you see what's going on here? You've been stubborn and fighting the Holy Spirit just like your ancestors did over and over again. Please don't make the same mistake. Even Jesus came, the one the prophets talked about, he killed him too. But you don't have to keep doing this. You can stop this pattern. You don't have to continue this. Man, this guy realized what the most important thing was. That was people knowing and understanding the love of the Father. And, and had his moment, or sorry, had his motive been the outcome? Had his motive been, well, I want them to know Jesus, but then their actions didn't show that? Or had his motive been, well, I, I want them to not kill me? Then, well, I guess, sorry, his, his motive was essentially, I want them to know Jesus, but, but not for the selfish sake of himself, right? And he proves it because then at that point, when he says, you know what, even Jesus, the Son of God, came and you killed him too. But you don't have to keep doing this. At that moment, there was a tipping point, and they took him, they dragged him out of the city to stone him. And he proves his motive here because even in that, if, if it were me, I'm going to guess my selfishness would come out. And in that moment, I would start saying, no, no, don't do this. You don't understand. Don't, don't stone me. Don't kill me. Let's... I didn't do anything. That's what would be going on if I had the chance to get those words out. But this is what Stephen does. In the midst of getting stoned, he was filled with so much love for them. And the, the people who were stoning him is who he was filled with love for. This is why I want, more, I want more in the Bible about Stephen. What an example. How many times have we had people doing something wrong to us? And our, our response is not being overwhelmed with love for them. That was what Stephen's example was here. Because he was, he was filled with so much love for them and he just wanted them to know Jesus and there was no selfish ambition. So his response was pleading to God on their behalf. And he says, God, forgive them. As he's being stoned, God, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. Please, God, don't hold this against them. How many times does what we say when we've tried to do something good and the outcome wasn't what we expected? And our response is far from Stephen's response. Or someone's doing something against us for whatever the reason, whether we feel like this is deserved or out of left field or whatever it is, and our response is, man, we want to get anger. We want to hold a grudge or be bitter. And Stephen, in the midst of being stoned, says, God forgive them. 
They don't know what they're doing. This spring and summer, for our staff, there's times where we're, we're preparing for things not being the outcome that we wanted, kids being more difficult than we expected, energy being expended beyond what we had anticipated, um, a child being challenging. For us, this is something that we've been going over the, in the last little while, the idea of what does it look like for our motive to not be the outcome that we experience, but rather the love of the Father. That's something that we want to do at camp. We want, we want everyone who comes to Penn Valley Bible Camp to experience, regardless of their actions, they get to experience the love of the Father. Um, I'll pray. And while I do that, I'll call the music team up. We're going to end with one uh, closing little medley of choruses and hymns. Um, and then, uh, is it benediction first? No? Okay. And then the, and then the benediction. Perfect. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, which leads us into truth. Lord, thank you for the example that you've given us of Stephen and what it means to, to truly have a motive of of love, of your love for people, regardless of how it impacts us or what circumstances it creates for us. Lord, I ask that you'd help us to, to learn from that, to implement that, to, to become aware, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, that we'd become aware of where maybe we're not doing that, and that you'd give us the desire to correct those things. Um, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This, uh, this is a little medley starting with the Karis Chorus. Do 
sing worthy you are worthy Thank you to Pemina Valley Bible Camp, all you people. I won't name you all again, but uh, thank you all for coming and for leading us in worship and for a good challenge to uh, be overwhelmed with love for people who look like they're out of touch or something. Um, we, need to love our, we need to love people to the Lord. We won't do it any other way. Um, after the service, I've invited the, the team to make their way back to the exits, uh, to the back and to the side. So if you're leaving, then you can greet them there. If you're going to stay uh, for a little bit of fellowship after the service, uh, I don't know, help yourself to mingle with a few people here. That's fine, too. And uh, let's uh, enjoy our fellowship at the, after the service. I think that's everything. Let me leave you with this prayer. In fact, would you, uh, would you stand? Revelation chapter 1. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.